Amen. How many knows he's wonderful today? What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. A wonderful Savior is he. Is your soul anchored in him today? If it's not, then it can be. Amen. We are so grateful for that today, to know that we can have that kind of hope in this life. Paul said, I'd be a man most miserable if I did not have the hope that I have in Jesus. Again, it's a joy to have you in the house of the Lord. I know we're excited about next week, aren't we? Give God another hand of praise and glory. There's many, many churches that are opening up, and some have already opened up in certain venues and certain places, I believe, that uh, some of the churches in Virginia have been allowed to open up at 50% capacity. But it's been a long time coming. We are ready, and I believe there's so many that are ready to, uh, I don't want to say get back to church as usual, but we are ready to be back in the Lord's house. And uh, I realize that the ministries that we know to be valuable to us are ministries that take place outside the walls of the church, outreach ministries, and they will continue on. Uh, and hopefully in greater detail and uh, in greater momentum. And that is our heart's desire. We want to see uh, the outreach ministry just begin to progress through all this. And there's so much that other churches have learned, and there's so much that we have learned that we can do and that we can still come to the house of the Lord and keep doing it. Amen? And so we're excited about that. So let's pray that churches everywhere, leaders everywhere, and uh, councils everywhere, bishops everywhere, that they will be in tune with the Holy Ghost and that we will have the discernment of God be able to press on, amen, and accomplish greater and, might, great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God, the book of Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 15. Uh, some of uh, you there at home are able to tune in and grab your Bible and open there. We've got some folks out here sitting in their cars and some uh, able to sit there in your chairs, and we're glad, glad to have you wherever you're tuning in. But I want to share with you from a thought that God has placed within my spirit throughout the week. I could not get away from the Scripture and literally struggled in my mind to find what God was wanting me to share within the confines and the context. And I want to do that today. I want to begin reading at verse 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord. Let's see how they're doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. and He had not gone with them to the work. Then contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. 
And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. I want to share for a few moments on this thought. Connected by a common goal. Connected by a common goal. Father, we ask you that you would add your blessing to the reading of your word, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, that you would speak to every heart and every life that would tune in with their spiritual ears today and hear what you would have to speak to our lives today. Change us. Lord, draw us closer to you. For those that are lost out there today without Christ, we pray that something would be said in this message today that would cause them to make a decision to come to the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Connected by a common goal today. I've said often and I continue to say, and maybe it's the vision that God has placed within my heart and in my life directly, but everything that we do as Christians and as people always equal to the common goal that we find in the preaching of the gospel or the ministering of the gospel in any form. Today I want to share with you about the common goal, and that common goal is this, that we would find lives that are broken that would come to know Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. That is the ultimate goal today. There are two things that I'll share with you concerning the common goal, but, but the ultimate goal today is to, is to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because what hope do we have without that particular experience taking place in a heart and in a life? I've often said in my ministry, as I've seen people who have struggled in so many ways from sickness to spiritual oppression, that many times we would pray for God to move in certain lives and certain circumstances and, and we wanted to see the Lord heal people's lives. I mean even people who did not know the Lord as Savior. And I would find myself leaning toward their salvation because I've never found a greater miracle in my life than to know Jesus Christ would take a heart of sin, cleanse it, amen, and bring somebody to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's a better experience than having your eyes opened up. That's a better experience, amen, than even having your body healed today. It is the ultimate goal. You, can't, you can go to heaven, amen, die in this world in sickness as long as you are saved, you're all right. But if you leave this life without the Lord, without having that experience of the ultimate goal of, of ministry, and that is to know Jesus, and you leave this life without that experience in your life, then your eternity is hopeless. The common goal is important to us uh, as people. It was important to Paul. It was important to Barnabas. They both were in ministry in the first uh, missionary journey as they began to go uh, 
through Cyprus and minister to the cities that they went to and they traveled to and they were establishing uh, through a common goal, uh, a ministry that would project and broadcast uh, the great gospel of Jesus Christ into people's hearts and into their ears with an ultimate goal of seeing them transform. It was very important what they were doing. And the common goal today that I'm speaking of, if we're not connected to that common goal as a people... You may go home to your home and I'm going to go home to my home and we may do things a little bit differently from time to time and, and we may not always see eye to eye all the time, but we have a common goal. And if we're not connected to that common goal, then we're never really connected together. Can somebody say amen? The ultimate goal today is part of that common goal that I've just talked about. Then we have the instructive goal. The instructive goal is the ministry vehicle in which we journey to get to the ultimate goal. Paul and Barnabas were in, in a position of walking in the instructive goal. They were doing ministry from town to town because they were connected to the ultimate goal. I, I want us to see something about this. This is the end result. The ultimate goal is the end result in which we are pressing for. It is the one singular truth that will always stand when everything else fails. Amen? If ministry fails, the truth will always stand. If we find that there are lives that disagree, the truth will always stand. When we find moments of disagreement, the truth will stand. It is the one singular truth that stands in the midst of it all. Every ministry must be connected to the ultimate goal, which is the singular truth that stands in the midst of a gospel that will change lives forever. It is concerning to Today, ministries in any form that they are subject to flaws. Look at somebody around you in your homes or right there by your cars and tell them you ain't perfect. I mean, you're looking good today, but you ain't perfect. Amen. I come to tell some you're singing mighty good, but you ain't perfect. Amen. You, 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 you got some good things going for you, but there's some flaws there. Why is there flaws there? Because as good as sometimes we can be, we find ourselves in the midst of a ministry that is sometimes uh, full of flaws because we are a people of flaws. There is none perfect but one. I don't care who we are, we're trying to do everything perfect, but there's still going to be flaws. There's still going to be something in the carnal realm. There's still going to be something there that must be overcome. It must be overcome by being connected to the ultimate goal. As good as they may be, someone can find, find fault in the ministry. Someone can find fault in every program. Someone can find fault in how we might want to do things or how we may feel the Lord leading us to do things, but 
but they can never find fault in the singular truth that stands above it all and that is the ultimate goal today. You can never find fault in what happened at the cross. You can never find fault in what happened three days after they buried him in a grave. He arose from the grave. You'll always find this to be the singular truth that brings us to a gospel that is able because of its dynamics, because of its promise, because of of what it declares, and because of the power behind every act of what happened from the cross to the grave. This is the ultimate goal. There may be fault. You can find it in how I preach. You can find it in how some sing. You can find it in programs in the church. But as long as the ultimate goal is connected in the midst of it all, we're going to be all right today. Amen. The church is going to march forward. The church is going to accomplish things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, even Paul said, 1 through 5, he said, I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power. Hallelujah! In the power of God today. If I don't have the power of God, I might as well go home. If I don't have the favor of God, I might as well go home. Because in my flaws, I don't have the ability to accomplish. I can hold a position. Come on, somebody. I can go to church. I can dress the part. But if I don't have the power of God and I'm not trusting in His favor and in His grace, then I am empty today. Paul points out the flaws that, can, that man can ascertain. They can see in the life. I met so many people today. I'm not going to church. There's a bunch of hypocrites down there. They folk are just a bunch of hypocrites down. What they don't understand is we're not a perfect people. We're just saved by grace. Amen. Come on, somebody. You got flaws. You're going to find flaws every church you go to. You're going to find flaws in ministry. But you can't live your life based on the flaw. You've got to live your life based on the grace today of the Lord Jesus Christ. Flaws that men could ascertain. A lot of churches could be full right now because people's looking at the problems rather than looking to the problem solver. Weakness, fear, trembling, speech, preaching, all these things Paul said were weaknesses in his life. They were conditions that people could point out. But he said, I come to you beyond my weakness and beyond my flaws with demonstration of everything that I represent in the power of God. 
he may not have had everything perfect in his life like people would have liked to have would have hoped to and would have thought they would have seen but he had something Amen, that covered him even in his flaw. He had the anointing. Touch somebody and say, I need the anointing in my life. Oh, can I tell somebody, you don't need just an anointing to preach. You don't need just an anointing to sing. You need an anointing to be a child of God. You need an anointing to walk in this life. Amen. I just wish I had somebody that wanted such an anointing on your life that when you walked in the grocery store that people could sense the presence of God in your life and in your... My goodness, can somebody say Amen. I want such an anointing in my life that it's evident that it's not me, but that it's God. Though he had flaws as we all do, the ultimate goal was a singular truth that he was connected to. He wanted to see souls saved. Amen. And that's why the anointing was so evident upon him because he had the ultimate goal. He wasn't looking for man's applause. He wasn't looking for egotistical trip or to build the kingdom of Paul or to manipulate a higher agenda. There is no agenda worthy of this cause other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified today. There's no higher agenda. Paul wasn't looking for that. There's some people today don't understand what church should be all about. We've got, we've got conditioned to the dynamics of how we think that we ought to do it because that's the way it's been done in the past and we've patterned ourselves after a program many times and we've missed a move of God's Holy Ghost because we have not been surrendered because it's more about how we look in our programs and how we look, amen, as a as a religious organization in our community than it is how God's Spirit is moving in the power of His glory. He in our life today. Amen. We want to look perfect and like we got it all together. And amen. We're, we're just flawless. But I got news for you today. I'd rather have a move of God's spirit. Amen. Than rely on the programs and things that man puts together alone. We'll get to what that is in just a minute. The ultimate goal is I want to see souls saved. Some people today, the ultimate goal is for others to see me. Others to see what I do. To see. Come on, somebody. I want them to see me. I want them to know who I am in the kingdom of God. This is not the ultimate goal today. The ultimate goal should be less of me and more of you, oh God, today. 
Oh, Lord, that you would let me decrease, that you may increase, that you may increase to, to the place to where we don't develop a religious routine, but we develop a passionate people. Amen. From the youngest to the oldest again. Amen. The ultimate goal is not about who we are. It's about who He is and souls coming to know Him in the power of his resurrection. Some today care more about getting their way than they do letting God have his way. They'd rather have men's applause. They'll cling to their way for every dear for dear life instead of clinging to the old rugged cross. But I want to tell you Paul had a firm grip on the ultimate goal. It didn't make him flawless, but it made him focused. It made him protective of his ministry. Even Barnabas didn't see eye to eye with him. Mark had traveled with them on their journey at the first missionary journey. He was Barnabas' cousin. He was the author of the book of Mark, but for reasons not fully known, he abandoned them on their journey after their time in Cyprus. The Bible doesn't tell us why. It could have been a number of reasons. He could have been discouraged because of what they were up against. There was only one conversion, very small number of conversions, even if it was beyond that, and much demonic oppression, opposition. The devil was out there fighting and how many knows that you can get weary in your spirit and in your soul from time to time when you're up against spiritual battles maybe he needed a break I don't know the Bible doesn't really say but he left and Paul feels the need to go back again to places where they've preached where lives have received the word of God and to begin to strengthen the people in the cities where they've already been and Barnabas says Paul if we're going to do this, why don't we take John Mark? And Paul disagrees with this. But it wasn't just a, a small disagreement. It wasn't one of them. I don't think, well, brother, I just don't think so. I believe the Bible said they had a, a sharp disagreement. It was a very strong disagreement. But I want to tell you what kept all this together as we begin to see this thing unfold. Because I've been in places in my life, even when I wasn't in the ministry, in churches where sharp disagreements turned into split churches. Come on, somebody. Sharp disagreements turned into backsliding. Sharp disagreements turned into hurting. Sharp disagreements turned in, amen, to, 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 to groups Sharp disagreements turned into the church going backwards and never being able to go forwards. Sharp disagreements ran preachers off that should have never been ran off. Sharp disagreements ran deacons off that never should have been ran off. Can somebody say amen? Sharp disagreements happened in life and in ministry where literal hatred was spewing from the heart and the mouth of people who with one season in their life declared the Lord as Savior over their life and yet they spew hatred to their brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Somebody ought to say, preach on preacher. It's the truth. Jesus said it like this. With one side of their mouth, they confess me. But on the other side of their mouth, they are denying me. Their hearts are far from me. Amen. They are not connected to the ultimate goal today. This leads us to understand the second part of our common goal. We have the ultimate goal, then we have the instructive goal. And this is the process in which we do ministry to attain the ultimate goal. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9 said, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. But because much ministry is done with flaws, without flaws, or with flaws, because people are not flawless. We see two narratives here. The instructive goal can be ministry of any form. It can be a pastor. It can be a a Sunday school evangelist, teacher, outreach ministry, media ministry, whatever it may be. It can be an instructive goal that produces the ultimate goal in people's lives that will receive it. And these ministries must be connected to the ultimate goal. In other words, we're dealing with Paul and Barnabas who disagreed on where to go from here, but they did not disagree with what the ultimate goal was. Can somebody say amen? They had a heart for the ultimate goal. I heard one theologian say, well, you know, they were not really uh, uh, given a right or wrong in their condition, but as I begin to study this, I, I feel like both of them were right, even though they disagreed sharply, because they kept their hearts fixed and were able to continue to accomplish the kingdom work of God. Amen? Paul didn't want Mark John to go because he was disappointed that he left the first time. Look at somebody and said, don't you walk out on me. I need you. I need you to be. This is what Paul was looking at. I need you to be steadfast. Maybe he felt he wouldn't be steadfast and supportive enough as he needed him to be. He didn't want to be out in the middle of ministry and dependent on Mark, and then all of a sudden he'd turn around and find out Mark wasn't there again. Amen. We had a, 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 a dear sister one time. She was supposed to be music minister. Well, she was music minister years ago in a church we were pastoring. She was a dear lady. I love her to, day, to death today. And, and she came to me, and, and we had a talk, and we, we worked things out. But there was a time when you did not know whether she was going to be there or not. You'd come to church expecting her to be in position, and she wasn't there. And then you'd wait, and you'd wait, and you'd wait, and she'd never show up. No phone call, no nothing. And I, we just jump in there because God blessed us to be able to fill in, do what we do. We press on and get things done, accomplish. But it was frustrating because every time you turned around, hey man, the person that had agreed to, to go with you in the ministry journey and to take care of the music wasn't there. Shouty man, preacher. I got some pastors amen in me somewhere. 
Amen. It's the truth. I begin to look around. You want people to be there. Now, there's certain conditions that prohibit that. But when it becomes a, a habit where there's truly really no excuse other than you just don't have the heart to do it anymore, then there's a problem. There's a problem. And both were right because they fixed their hearts on this. But Paul was looking for somebody that was going to be steadfast. He didn't want him bailing bailing out anymore. And you're looking to recruit people that you can rely on. If you can't find them, it creates bottlenecks and difficulties that would not normally be. And you need some gap fillers in your life. So Paul's thinking wasn't wrong. He was sincere in his devotion to ministry. He was protecting the very fabric of what God had called him to do. And he had his eye on the goal of accomplishment. The ultimate goal. On the other hand, you had Barnabas. He wasn't wrong either. The name Barnabas simply means the son of encouragement. He was looking upon Mark's life in a perspective of grace. He was looking in a perspective of second chances. How many thank God for second chances today? And it didn't make Paul wrong either. Just because Barnabas was looking from a place of grace, because he was looking from a place of second chances. Really, if you look at both perspectives, they're both right. God wants us to give grace, but then He also wants us to be protective over our ministries today. And over what, we, what we're out to accomplish in the ultimate goal. But sometimes those disagreements can be sharp and become launching pads for different paths with the same ultimate goal. Shout amen somebody. Yes, it can be. Sometimes, as long as we stay connected to the ultimate goal, we find that disagreements can be good. I disagree with what key we're singing this song in. Well, bless God, I think we'll just quit then. If we're not going to sing it in my key, we'll quit. No, we find, uh, amen, sometimes disagreements work and we go ahead and we begin to, to work together for the common goal and we transition to another key, don't we? And when we transition to another key, well, preacher, preach on. Well, hallelujah. I disagree with how we're going to do this ministry. Well, sometimes that disagreement can lead to a broader perspective and a greater accomplishing position than we've ever had before. Well, I disagree how we do multimedia and how we do social media. Brother Mike Bennett, God bless you, brother, because he is pushing us forward into a place, amen, as far as social media is concerned, that is a very great blessing and outreach. I'm grateful for that. But there are ministries in this church that are positioned and have been positioned even in places of disagreement to accomplish greater. You know, don't always have to agree with me, but you do have to stand with me in the midst of the ultimate goal. This is about Him and not about us. Amen. It's about Him. I don't care if we sing in the key of Z. As long as God be glorified. Amen. I don't care if the preacher preaches till he's foaming at the mouth as long as it's anointed 
And what he has to say is coming with a heart of connection to the ultimate goal. I don't care if he stands behind this pulpit and preaches real quiet. Amen, which some of y'all might would rather me do. I don't know. I'm just going to be me. That's all I know how to be. It doesn't matter because we must be connected to the ultimate goal. In the midst of this, we find that Paul decides to go one way and Barnabas decides to go another way. Now note that they're on one missionary journey together, but now their disagreement has split them up. Why? Because sometimes it's okay to go a different route, but it's never okay to be disconnected from the ultimate goal. Now instead of one missionary journey, you've got two missionary journeys taking place. Barnabas and Mark went to Cyprus and Paul and Silas went to Syria and Cilicia. Oh, come on, somebody. They were going to go back as one team. But by the time they worked things out, they decided to separate with the common ultimate goal in mind, and they went in two teams. And great things were taking place. John Mark wasn't ready for the journey with Paul, and Paul knew it. But he was given an opportunity to grow under the leadership of his cousin Barnabas. And under his leadership, Mark grew to be a mature Christian laborer. Come on to the piano, please. Later, in, Paul calls him a fellow worker. In Philemon chapter 1, he refers to Mark. This is the same Paul that rejected him attending the ministry as they went back out. He said, he's my fellow worker. And he recognized his growth. And then he asked Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he was in prison, he said, Timothy, he said, get Mark. Bring him with you. For he's very useful to me in this ministry. Great things were happening. Paul took Silas and went one way. Barnabas took Mark went another way. Paul and Silas did great ministry. Barnabas, Mark, and their team did great ministry. And in the end, there was a time when Mark was able to be a blessing to Paul. How many want to be a blessing to those that labor over you and with you? Come on, somebody. I want to be a blessing. If I'm going to be a blessing, then I've got to look at both sides of the coin. Ministry is going to require my maturity. Can somebody say yes? It's going to require my maturity. You know what maturity is? It's the ability to disagree, but not divide. It's the ability to get an ice cream that didn't come in your flavor and not cry over it. It's the ability 
to be able to deal with the truth and the facts of the matters. Help me, Lord. You have to look at both sides. And there may be some that have not been able to connect with you for whatever reason right now. And maybe they've been frustrated by it. I don't know. But over time, if they'll connect with some Barnabases, they'll be ready to unite with Paul. Come on now. If they'll get with somebody who'll train them up, they'll be ready to connect with somebody. I don't know about you. My daughter, she wants to drive so bad. We moved to South Carolina, from South Carolina. She had her license. We come to North Carolina. They had a different set of rules, but we're working on that, ain't we, baby? I'm riding down the road with her sometimes, and I remember when she first got her little permit, and we riding over to Pauly's Island to get us some ice cream in the right flavor. We're riding over there, and I'm nervous as a cat on a porch full of rocking chairs, as they say. Nervous. I said, all right, baby. Get on over here now. Slow this thing down. Don't get so close. You're going to run into the back of them. And she's over there. Daddy, I got this. I got this. I got this. Can I go ahead and tell you I believe she really thinks she does and probably for the most part she does but there's a part of her that don't and I depend on God to help her. Just like me. There's a part of me that ain't got it. If you ever rode with me, your wife could, my wife could tell you. I said all that to say this. As you get older, you grow, you mature. In five years from now, I suspect she'll be a much better driver than she is today. Amen. And that's okay. She's a good driver, y'all. I'm not, I'm not ratting on her. She's a real good driver. But I do suspect five years from now, she'll be better than she is today. I'm so grateful today for God who will put us with Barnabas to prepare us to connect with Paul. We have this common goal. And when disagreements come, look at somebody and say, it'll be all right. Because Jesus is still Lord. We're still pressing toward the ultimate goal. And because we have this ultimate goal in our hearts and in our minds, we remain connected. If we ever lose sight of the ultimate goal, then everything that happens under the instructional format will mean nothing. The reason why Paul and Barnabas could separate and still be connected is because they realized it was not about them. Ultimately, it was about Him. Do you love the Lord today? 
in your heart and in your life right now, in your church, wherever you go, maybe it's Stoneville, maybe it's somewhere else. Can, can you take this message and really connect by experience to some things that, that you've seen, that you've been through? I'm sure every one of us could say yes. But I want you to know this, that we're all connected, even in our differences and in our disagreements, and should be by the common goal. I don't want us to just go back to church next week and, and learn how to keep the music going and, and learn how to, uh, you know, to come to Sunday school and, and to come to our men's meetings and, and, and women's ministry meetings and, and do the ministry and, you know, and just, just forget the ultimate goal. You know what my heart is? Is I want us to, to continue doing the instructional ministry, but I want us to see the ultimate ministry break forth. I want to see souls saved for the glory of God. I love looking at you, but I want to see some new faces. Amen. Some that has come to the cross of Calvary that have found the blood of Jesus a cleansing power in their life. I want to see young people kneeling at the altar, worshiping God, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I want to see some new faces. Amen. I want to see some new faces in ministry. Every now and then, you've got to change the flavor. A little bit, amen. Sometimes it's, I want to see the choir grow and the praise team just, just continue to just, hey, we ain't reached the chat. There's a whole lot more. There's a whole lot more, amen. I, I, I want to see, y'all, y'all really going to like this one. Some of you might not. You might say, preaching you crazy. You know what I want to see? I want to see ear pins flying, hair pins flying. Come on now. I want to see somebody got enough liberty in God if they feel a running spirit, take off running in the Holy Ghost. I want to see somebody obey the Lord, amen, giving out messages in the Holy Ghost praying over one another, amen, laying hands on one another, finding the oil, pouring oil. I want to see a congregation that's not just standing there, amen, to the Lord and, and just singing the songs, amen, but not feeling enough. Can, can I go ahead and tell you, sometime you ain't going to feel a blessed thing till you just release yourself. Don't be on the premises and not experience what God wants to do. None can come to a saving knowledge of the Lord unless the power of the Holy Ghost convicts them and draws them to Him. And if we quench Him, then we are not going to accomplish and see what God wants to do. I think we just, 
I think we ought to just let God have his way. Amen. Let's keep doing what we're doing and keep teaching Sunday school. Keep doing these instructional ministries. But continue to persevere for the ultimate goal. Amen. How many believe that today? How many agree with that today? Maybe there's some out there. Amen. You're ready to see a mighty outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. You're ready to experience it yourself. I believe today that our future is brighter because we have an ultimate goal in mind. Father, I ask you to take us today, Lord, each and every one of us that's heard this message, God, that you would allow us to receive it in the context of our own personal lives. That wherever we may fit into this message, God, that you would speak to us. God, that you would accomplish a work individually in us. We don't want to go on tomorrow without going on deeper in our relationship with you. We don't want to continue, Father, to be what we've been and be satisfied there. We want to see new faces. We want to see souls saved. We want to see the instructional ministries and and the instructional goal hand in hand. Father, with our connection to the ultimate goal, anointed greater than ever before. And Father, as we persevere into our tomorrows as a church and as individuals, that we will have an unction greater than we've ever had before. 